0: Hey, welcome to God, the Bible, and spiritual things explained, where you get insight surrounding God, the Bible, and spiritual things that you may or may not have heard before. Chapter one. Now it came to pass in the days of Ahazurus. This is Ahazurus, which reigned from India even to Ethiopia, over a hundred and seven and twenty provinces that in those days, when the king Ahasuer sat on the throne of his kingdom, which was in Shushan the palace, in the third year of his reign, he made a feast to all his princes and his servants, the power of Persia and Medea, the nobles and princes of the provinces being before him. When he showed the riches of his glorious kingdom and the honor of his excellent majesty many days, even a hundred and fourscore days. And when these days were expired, the king made a feast to all the people that were present in Shushan the palace, both to great and small, seven days in the court of the garden of the king's palace, where were white, green, and blue hangings fastened with cords of fine linen and purple to silver rings and pillars of marble. The beds were of gold and silver upon a pavement of red and blue and white and black marble." And they gave them drinking vessels of gold, the vessels being diverse one from another, and royal wine in abundance, according to the state of the king. And the drinking was according to the law. None did compel, for so the king had appointed to all the officers of his house, that they should do according to every man's pleasure. Also Vashti, the queen, made a feast for the women in the royal house which belonged to King Havasuras. On the seventh day, when the heart of the king was merry with wine, he commanded Mehuman, Bista, Harbona, Victa, and Abakta, Zethar, and Carcass, the seven chamberlains that served in the presence of Ahasuerus the king, to bring Vashti the queen before the king with the crown royal to show the people and the princess her beauty, for she was fair to look on. But the queen, Vashti, refused to come at the king's commandment by his chamberlains. Therefore was the king very wroth, and his anger burned in him. Then the king said to the wise men, which knew the times, for so was the king's manner toward all that knew law and judgment. And the next to him was Karshena, Shethar, Matha, Tarshish, Merez, Mersena, and Mimikin the seven princes of Persia and Medea, which saw the king's face and which sat the first in the kingdom. What shall we do to the queen Vashti according to the law? Because she has not performed the commandment of the king of by the chamberlains. And Memucan? Answered before the king and the princes, Vashti the queen has not done wrong to the king only, but also to all the princes and to all the people that are in all the provinces of the king Ahasuerus. For this deed of the queen shall come abroad unto all men, so that they shall despise their husbands in their eyes, when it shall be reported. The king Ahasuerus commanded Vashti the queen to be brought in before him, but she didn't come. Likewise shall the ladies of Persia and Medea say this day to all the king's princes which have heard of the deed of the queen, thus shall there arise too much contempt and wrath. If it please the king, let there go a royal commandment from him, and let it be written among the laws of the Persians and the Medes that it be not altered, that Vashti come no more before king Ahasuerus, and let the king give her royal estate to another that is better than she. And when the king's decree which he shall make shall be published throughout all his empire, for it is great, all the wives shall give to their husbands honor, both to great and small. And the same pleased the king and the princes, and the king did according to the word of Mimican, for he sent letters into all the king's provinces, into every province according to the writing thereof, and to every people, after their language, that every man should bear rule in his own house, and that it should be published according to the language of every people." now thinking about this particular chapter the king pretty much has his big old feast okay a big old party like a long lasting party for days and uh, it says that he allowed like his officers to drink which was according to the law it says so they could do it by law and it says on a certain day that the king's heart was merry with wine now in translation that mean that the king was kind of tipsy okay that mean he was a little drunky drunk <laughs> all right and And I don't know what you guys know about what the Bible says about drinking alcohol. It doesn't say that drinking alcohol itself is a sin. However, it does tell us in Proverbs chapter 31 verses 4 through 5. It says, it is not for kings, Lemuel. It is not for kings to drink wine, not for rulers to crave beer, lest they drink And forget what has been decreed and deprive all the oppressed of their rights. Now, while the queen, I don't know if I would necessarily say she was oppressed, but, you know, back then, this was even before the time before they started trying to get women's rights and everything. So, you know, the woman, especially the queens, had to obey like the husbands the kings so if you want to look at a press, i mean she was up in the palace though but if you want to look at it as a way of being oppressed then perhaps she was in the state of being oppressed because he basically told his chamberlains like hey bring my wife out here let me let them see my wife (laughs) okay he didn't say it like that but that's how it came off as because it says that she was fair and she wanted her to basically come out so he could show her off to his princess how beautiful she was and um she refused to do so now whether he did this because he was drunk and you know a little bit full of it (laughs) no you know what like you know what bring bring her out here or whether he just really wanted to do it to let them you know see that he was you know he the man he the man i don't know what it was or he wanted to show his power whatever it does tell us here in proverbs 31 which is not necessarily saying it's a sin which is not doing at all. But this is some advice that a mother had given to her son, who was a king. And the king is telling this to his son himself, where he's saying it's not really wise for us. Those of us who are in high positions, positions of authority over people, for us to like really, you know, Drink alcohol because it can kind of cause us to make some decisions that is, you know, spur the moment that may not actually be wise. And so in this particular instance, perhaps it wasn't so wise for him to call his wife out in the midst of what was going on. Cause you know, it said all the princes and everyone, you know, they, they were drinking so that, and if the, if you know, if the king was tipsy, you know, that they had to be tipsy. <laughs> so, so maybe it wasn't the best situation, especially if they were like a bunch of men or whatever that, you know, she wanted to be around and, you know, maybe that was an unwise decision for him to make, but the more unwise thing happened, afterwards when she didn't come out now apparently she was so beautiful um i'm just thinking that he probably you know loved her and um or you know there felt some kind of way some kind of way about her Um, because it speaks of her not in such a bad way it doesn't say that she was wicked or rebellious or anything like this in this particular chapter and it just basically said that she was fair to you know fair to look on and I think if she had like a bad attitude or something like that he probably wouldn't call her out you know to even come in front of the people whether she was beautiful or not but the fact that she refused to like come out it like really messed with his ego and it could have been because he had been drinking and he was tipsy so it bothered him a little bit more because he like, I know she did not have just called her out and, and she going to make me look like this in front of my boy. So he was kind of like, you know, asking the ones who knew the law, like, what should be done to her? Now, I'm not sure if you would have expected exactly what they said, but they gave him the response according to what the law should be in that case based on what she did. And when he asked them about it, Perhaps he thought, you know, it would be seen as kind of weak if he didn't actually follow the law or that he was in violation of the law if he refused to do what they told him to. So maybe he went ahead and said, yeah, let it be done so that he could save face or perhaps he did it because he again was tipsy and it said that he was angry he was pretty angry fired up and I can imagine that was like a a ego like killer right there for him to be the king to be the man and he called his wife out in front of his boys like yeah 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 you you know what let me bring her out let let me let y'all see what's going on let y'all see that I am the man the man that I am the man (laughs) and she refused to come out so being angry and then a little bit tipsy sometimes people respond in ways that are like a little too much for the situation that is actually occurring. So perhaps that's why he responded to follow the law in that case you know because he was a little bit tipsy and his anger together with that was like yeah go ahead and do this but basically they said that the law was don't let her come back in front of you ever again in her life and i'm like that's a little bit extreme like for your wife and i'm thinking if he really did love her but again could have been because he was tipsy and hey proverbs 31 does say It's best for kings and those who are in positions of authority not to really drink alcohol because they can make some unwise decisions at times. Now, I'm just thinking that this might have been an unwise decision. However, it does work into God's plan. So Vashti um, pretty much was, you know, dealt the punishment of being hit with that law or she couldn't, you know, come before the king anymore. And let's see what happens afterwards because this is kind of a a setup remember i told you god is not mentioned as you can see in this particular chapter god is not mentioned at all but it sets up for the plan of god to go into play so without further ado let's read some more chapter two after these things when the wrath of king al was appeased he remembered vashti and what she had done and what was the decreed against her Then said the king's servants that ministered to him, Let there be fair young virgins taught for the king, and let the king appoint officers in all the provinces of his kingdom, that they may gather together all the fair young virgins unto Shushan the palace, to the house of the women, unto the custody of Haggai, the king's chamberlain, keeper of the women, and let their things for purification be given them. And let the maiden which pleases the king be queen instead of Vashti, and the thing pleased the king, and he did so. Now in Shushan, the palace, there was a certain Jew whose name was Mordecai, the son of Jair, the son of Shimei, the son of Kish, a Benjamite, who had been carried away from Jerusalem with the captivity, which had been carried away with Jeconiah king of Judah, whom Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, had carried away. And he brought up Hadassah, that is Esther, his uncle's daughter, for she had neither father nor mother... And the maid was fair and beautiful, whom Mordecai, when her father and mother were dead, took for his own daughter. So it came to pass when the king's commandment and his decree was heard, and when many maidens were gathered together to Shushan the palace to the custody of Haggai, that Esther was brought also into the king's house to the custody of Haggai, keeper of the women. And the maiden pleased him, and she obtained kindness of him. And he speedily gave for her things for purification with such things as belonged to her, and seven maids, which were meat to be given her out of the king's house and he preferred her and her maids unto the best place of the house of the women. Esther had not shown her people nor her kindred for Mordecai had charged her that she should not show it and Mordecai walked every day before the court of the women's house to know how Esther did and what should become of her. Now when every maid's turn was come to go into the king of Hasuras, after that she had been twelve months according to the manner of the women, for so were the days of their purifications accomplished to wit, six months with oil of myrrh, and six months with sweet odors, and with other things for the purifying of the women. Then thus came every maiden unto the king, whatsoever she desired was given her to go with her out of the house of the women to the king's house. In the evening she went. And on the morrow, she returned into the second house of the women, to the custody of Shashgaz, the king's chamberlain, which kept the concubines. She came in to the king no more, except the king delighted in her, and that she were called by name. Now when the turn of Esther, the daughter of Ebihel, the uncle of Mordecai, who had taken her for his daughter, was come to go in to the king. She required nothing but what Haggai, the king's chamberlain, the keeper of the women, appointed. And Esther obtained favor in the sight of all them that looked upon her. So Esther was taken to King Ahazur's into his royal house in the tenth month, which is the month to Beth, in the seventh year of his reign. And the king loved Esther above all the women, and she obtained grace and favor in his sight more than all the virgins, so that he set the crown royal upon her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. Then the king made a great feast to all his princes and his servants, even Esther's feast, and he made a release to the provinces and gave gifts according to the state of the king." And when the virgins were gathered together the second time, then Mordecai sat in the king's gate. Esther had not yet shown her kindred nor her people as Mordecai had charged her. For Esther did the commandment of Mordecai like as when she was brought up with him. In those days, while Mordecai sat in the king's gate, Two of the chamberlains, Bigthan and Teresh, of those which kept the door, were wroth and sought to lay hand on the king's doors. And the thing was known to Mordecai, who told it to Esther the queen. And Esther certified the thing, certified the king thereof in Mordecai's name. And when acquisition was made of the matter, it was found out. Therefore, they were both hanged on a tree, and it was written in the book of the chronicles before the king. Now, here we see that the king is kind of remembering what he did, what happened with Vashti and everything and the decree that was made against her. And it kind of sounds like he's a little bit sorry about what he did. Now, think about the scripture where I told you where it says that it may be a wise thing for kings not to drink because they can perhaps do something that they really don't you know want to do so it looks like he may be regretting what he did to vest out a queen and again maybe feeling a little bit sorry but never mind his servants was like oh king you know what we can find you somebody else as a matter of fact let's look for some fresh young virgins for you he was like okay (laughs) so even though this was maybe Uh, Something that happened that he when he thought about it after he didn't have the wine and wasn't tipsy anymore and really realized what happened. You know, it still set up things for the plan of God to go into action. And in this case, where they went out searching for fair young virgins and they found many of them across the land. One of them was Hadassah, also known as Esther. Now, Esther was one of God's chosen people. The Jews. Her uncle was Mordecai, but he told her, Don't you tell nobody. (laughs) Don't you tell nobody who you are. Basically saying, Don't let anybody know that you're Jewish. And she pretty much did whatever Mordecai told her to because she respected him. And that kind of goes to Proverbs chapter 3, verses 3 through 4. And I like the way the Holman's Bible version says it. It says, Never let loyalty and faithfulness leave you, tie them around your neck. Write them on a tablet of your heart. Then you will find favor and high regard in the sight of God and man. And that's kind of what we see with Esther, because it tells us she has favor not only with the king's chamberlain, the one who watched over the women um, who were supposed to take care of them. But also she found favor among the other people um, that were around the king, as well as. The king himself. And guess what? She ended up becoming the next queen. So, um, again, like I said, the plan of God is set up, even though it seemed like, you know, um, things were going south in the beginning. (laughs) of of the story but now things are in motion so that one of God's people is in a position of authority now think about this particular kingdom if you don't know anything about uh media uh, Medea and Persian then I need you to go and look it up okay but this was a huge kingdom and very powerful at that time so for her to be in that position as a Jew but they know that <laughs> and mordecai said you better not tell nobody and she didn't do that she was loyal and she was faithful to her uncle which you know happened to be you know her pretty much her guardian since her parents were no longer alive uh but again the people they know nothing about all this stuff but anyway the plan of god is set into motion She's in place as queen because she's been favored by God for her to be in that position. Never think, never think that anything is happenstance, okay? Never think anything just happens happenstance. Even though we don't hear anything mentioned about God here, best believe this is all working into God's plan. So she's not only favored by the people, but she's favored by them because she's favored by God. So let's go on. Chapter three. After these things, the king officers promote Haman the son of Hammedatha the Agagite and advanced him, and set to seat above all the princes that were with them. and all the king's servants that were in the king's gate bowed and reverenced Haman, for the king had so commanded concerning him. But Mordecai didn't bow, nor did him reverence. Then the king's servants which were in the king's gate said to Mordecai. Why do you transgress the king's commandment? Now it came to pass, when they spoke daily to him, and he didn't hearken to them, that they told Haman to see where the Mordecai's matters would stand, for he had told them that he was a Jew. And when Haman saw that Mordecai didn't bow, nor did in reverence, then was Haman full of wrath. And he thought scorn to lay hands on Mordecai alone, for they had shown him the people of Mordecai. Wherefore, Haman sought to destroy all the Jews that were throughout the whole kingdom of Ahasuerus, even the people of Mordecai. In the first month, that is the month Nisan, in the twelfth year of King Ahasuerus, they cast pure, that is the lot, before Haman from day to day and from month to month, to the twelfth month, that is the month of Dar. And Haman said to King Ahasuerus, there are certain people scattered abroad and dispersed among the people in all the provinces of your kingdom. Their laws are diverse from all people, neither do they keep the king's laws. Therefore, it is not for the king's prophet to suffer them. If it please the king, let it be written that they may be destroyed, and I'll pay ten thousand talents of silver to the hands of those that have the charge of the business to bring it into the king's treasuries. And the king took his ring from his hand and gave it to Haman, the son of Hammedatha the Agagite, the Jew's enemy. And the king said to Haman, The silver is given to you, the people also, to do with them as it seems good to you. Then were the king's scribes called on the thirteenth day of the first month, and there was written according to all that Haman had commanded to the king's lieutenants and to the governors that were over every province, and to the rulers of every people of every province, according to the writing thereof, and to every people after their language. In the name of King Ahasuerus was it written and sealed with the king's ring. And the letters were sent by post into all the king's provinces to destroy, to kill, And to cause to perish all Jews, both young and old, little children and women, in one day, even upon the thirteenth day of the twelfth month, which is the month of Dar, and to take the spoil of them for a prey. The copy of the writing for a commandment to be given in every province was published to all people that they should be ready against that day. The post went out, being hastened by the king's commandment, and the decree was given in Shushan the palace, and the king and Haman sat down to drink, but the city of Shushan was perplexed. Now here, it tells us that Haman is the son of Hamadatha, who's an Agagai. And for those of you who don't know, way back in First Samuel chapter 15, King Saul, who was spoken to by Prophet Samuel, whom God instructed him to tell King Saul that they need to kill the Malachites, mainly because the Amalekites was a cruel bunch of people and they had done some um some pretty evil stuff to the Israelites back then and God was just like, "You know what? Kill them all. I don't ki- kill them all. Don't take no spoil from them. Kill all the animals, kill everything. Don't take nothing from. Them. I need you just to destroy them because they was just that wicked and whatever it was that they did to the people. However, here's the thing. King Saul only did part of what God told him to do. Yeah, he had them to kill all the people, but they took some of the animals, they took some of the spoil, and he kept King Agag alive. Pretty much taking him kind of like a prisoner of war. But what did God say? God said, kill them all. Now, eventually, King Agag was killed by Prophet Samuel, who came and rebuked King Saul for what he did. However... It appears here in chapter Esther when it talks about Haman being the son of Hamadatha the Agagite that perhaps due to King Saul's disobedience there were some little Agagites that got away because Agagite sounds a lot like Agag and so perhaps his father and other descendants came after King Agag and they were still around because Saul didn't destroy them all and didn't follow all of God's instructions. So perhaps there was a little bit more to the hatred that Haman actually had against Mordecai that made him want to destroy the entire people. Maybe there was some kind of seed or like spirit along his bloodline that enraged him so much that he wanted to kill an entire people. I'm like, seriously, just because the man wouldn't bow and reverence you, you're not just going to take it up with him. You decide you want to kill the entire people. That's crazy. But anyway, so I just want to give you that little backstory there. So it could have been, like I was saying, that there was a little more to his hatred and his rage against Mordecai and his people to want to kill them all, besides just Mordecai not bowing to him. But that's just what, what I'm thinking. So also, it tells us in Exodus chapter 23, Verse 22, when God is talking to his people, you know, he's brought them out of enslavement from the Egyptians and everything. He's telling them that an angel is going to go with y'all to help y'all take this real estate from these people that set up there that I already promised to y'all. But y'all going to have it. The angel going to go with you, but you must do all that the angel tells you. And he says, if you do all that. The angel tells you you are obedient to the angel because the angel only telling you what I'm instructing the angel to tell you. He says, I'll be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversaries. So it looks like to me that Haman to set himself up to be an enemy of God. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be an enemy of God because God don't lose. <laughs> Uh, so I think you can kind of see how things are going to turn out, even though Haman thinks that he is in the good place right now. The king let him go ahead and put this decree out against the Jews that they all be killed. And he just sent back him and him and the king and said they was getting a little drinky drink on. But mm, we'll see about that. Chapter four. When Mordecai perceived all that was done, Mordecai rent his clothes and put on sackcloth with ashes and went out into the midst of the city and cried with a loud and a bitter cry and came even before the king's gate for none might enter into the king's gate clothed with sackcloth and in every province whithersoever the king's commandment and his decree came there was a great mourning among the Jews and fasting and weeping and wailing and many laying sackcloth and ashes. So Esther's maids and her chamberlains came and told it to her. Then it was the queen exceedingly grieved and she sent Rement to clothe Mordecai to take away his sackcloth from him but he didn't receive it then called Esther for hot top one of the king's chamberlains whom he had appointed to attend to her and gave him a commandment to Mordecai to know what it was and why it was. So Huttab went forth to Mordecai unto the street of the city, which was before the king's gate. And Mordecai told him of all that had happened to him and of the sum of the money that Haman had promised to pay to the king's treasuries for the Jews to destroy them. Also, he gave him a copy of the writing of the decree that was given at Shushan to destroy them, to show it to Esther and to declare to her and to charge her that she should go into the king to make supplication to him and to make requests before him for her people. And Hathak came and told Esther the words of Mordecai. Again, Esther spoke to Hathak and gave him commandment to Mordecai. All the king's servants and the people of the king's provinces do know that whosoever, whether man or woman, shall come to the king into the inner court, who is not called, there is one law of his to put him to death, except such to whom the king shall hold out the golden scepter, that he may live. But I have not been called to come in to the king these thirty days. And they told to Mordecai Esther's words. Then Mordecai commanded to answer Esther, Think not with yourself that you shall escape in the king's house more than all the Jews. For if you all together hold your peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house shall be destroyed. And who knows whether you are come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Then Esther bade them return Mordecai this answer. Go, gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan and fast for me. And neither eat nor drink three days, night or day. I also and my maidens will fast likewise. And so will I go into the king, which is not according to the law. And if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went his way and did according to all that Esther had commanded him. You know, here Mordecai was like super distraught over what had happened, how Haman had turned this into like some kind of vengeance against his entire people all because of what he did what mordecai well didn't do which was to bow down and to reverence him and so i'm sure mordecai was like real sorry so that's why he you know he put himself in sackcloth put ashes on his head and everything and was just like in deep mourning was so sorry about what was you know going to happen to his people now esther when she found this out she was kind of like okay what's going on and she tried to for appearance. Sake. this is how it you know seemed to me for appearance sake she sent clothes for him to you know change and to to look better than what he was looking not to look sad or whatever and it's very interesting because it's not like she even asked like what was going on really when she sent the clothes for him to put on so i'm like why would she ask what was going on like there had to be a reason as to why he was in mourning why he put himself in that position but hey who knows but anyway he had them to send the message to her to let her know what was going on. And once she found out what was going on, she was, I guess, kind of sorry, but in a way she didn't even think about the fact that she was queen, that she could actually like do something. But Mordecai sent messages saying that I need you to go in and talk to the king on behalf of our people. And you know what? A lot of times, when it comes to speaking up about something especially when it's something like huge that's affecting like a lot of people or something like very serious people are just straight out fearful and even though she was the queen she was pretty much fearful and most of the time they're more so fearful just about their lives not even about whether it has to do with like other people but they're fearful about what's going to happen to them and that's how esther was in that position even though she was was queen and she was like you know what hey there's a law and if you go in and the king don't accept you he gonna kill you so she was like mm, i don't know about that but mordecai says send this message to her and let her know don't think that by you keeping quiet because they don't know that you one of us because remember Mordecai had told her don't tell them who you are don't tell him don't tell him don't tell nobody about your people and so they had no idea no clue that she was a Jew and now you know if Haman knew that being one of the top officers of you know the king himself mm -hmm, but he didn't know neither did the king know and Esther herself thinking they don't know she was kind of like she wasn't sure if she should go before the king because she could be killed but Mordecai let her know if you don't go don't think that you're gonna escape what's happening No, no 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 you surely gonna die and that's gonna end your entire like lying right there because she didn't have any parents and it didn't say anything about siblings or anything so it looks like she's the only one left in her family so he's like no you're gonna be destroyed and it's gonna be over with so don't think that by you not saying anything by saving your own life that you're gonna be spared he said no you surely gonna be taken out too and god will bring about another deliverer he'll bring about somebody else who will deliver his people because he's like god ain't gonna let his people be wiped out like that so you know she did listen and got some sense into her and was like hey well you know what i'm gonna do this forget about my life but i need y'all to fast i need y'all to fast for me now now i don't know if you guys remember but later on in like the new testament there was this man who brought Um, His son to the disciples for them to cast out a spirit in him that caused him to be deaf and dumb and pretty much to do like some stuff that was very harmful to him. And he took him to the disciples, but they couldn't cast him out. So he went to Jesus and was like, you know, I took him to your disciples and they couldn't do nothing. But can you do something? And Jesus was able to cast the spirit out and the his son was healed. His son was okay after that. Now, the disciples asked Jesus, why can't we cast them out? And Jesus said, this kind only comes out by fasting and praying now. Thinking about this particular uh, story and this situation, I would say that Haman wanted to kill not only Mordecai just because he didn't bow down to him, wanted to kill him, but he decided he going to commit genocide on an entire group of people, that he wanted to kill an entire, I mean, an entire group of people because of that. I say he was being influenced by a demon or he was possessed by a demon. Either one, it don't matter. But I would say it was a spirit in him <laughs> that was coming against him. You know, I did tell you about King Agag. And remember, I said there may have been some seed along the line because it says that his father was an aggregate. So maybe there was some seed along their, you know, their birth line. That caused him to have this deep hatred and to where he wanted to just destroy them the way that he wanted to, simply because Mordecai didn't bow down to him. I would say again, I think he was under the influence of a demon or possessed by a demon for him wanting to do all that. So, yeah, I, I think when Esther was like, I need y'all to fast for me, okay? <laughs> Jesus said, This time, this kind only comes out from fasting and prayer that in order for all this to be stopped, and for that demon, that spirit that was controlling or influencing Haman, it said, this kind only comes out by fasting and prayer. They was already praying. (laughs) But she said, hey, I need y'all to fast for me. So it looks like, if they did that, and this was an entire group of people that was fasting, because it said that the Jews did exactly that. What she asked, fast for me for three days? Oh, he was about to be gone yeah he was about to be gone <laughs> this of comes out by fasting and prayer chapter five now it came to pass on the third day that esther put on her royal apparel and stood in the inner court of the king's house over against the king's house and the king sat upon his royal throne in the royal house over against the gate of the house and it was so When the king saw Esther the queen standing in the court, that she obtained favor in his sight, and the king held out to Esther the golden scepter that was in his hand. So Esther drew near and touched the top of the scepter. Then said the king to her, What will you, queen Esther, and what is your request? It shall be even given you to half of the kingdom. And Esther answered, If it seem good to the king, let the king and Haman come this day to the banquet that I have prepared for him. Then the king said, Cause Haman to make haste that he may do as Esther has said. So the king and Haman came to the banquet that Esther had prepared. And the king said to Esther at the banquet of wine, What is your petition? And it shall be granted you. And what is your request? Even to the half of the kingdom it shall be performed. Then answered Esther and said, My petition and my request is, if I found favor in the sight of the king, and if it please the king to grant my petition and to perform my request, let the king and Haman come to the banquet that I shall prepare for them, and I will do tomorrow as the king has said. Then went Haman forth that day joyful and with a glad heart, but when Haman saw Mordecai in the king's gate, that he didn't stand up nor move for him, he was full of indignation against Mordecai. Nevertheless, Haman refrained himself, and when he came home, he sent and called for his friends and his wife. And Haman told them of the glory of his riches and the multitude of his children and all the things wherein the king had promoted him, and how he had advanced him above the princes and servants of the king. Haman said, moreover, yes, Esther the queen did let no man come in with the king unto the banquet that she had prepared but me. And tomorrow... Am I invited to her also with the king? Yet all this avails me nothing so long as I see Mordecai the Jew sitting at the king's gate. Then says the his wife and all his friends to him, let a gallows be made of 50 cubits high and tomorrow speak you to the king that Mordecai be hanged thereon." Then go you in merrily with the king to the banquet and a thing pleased Haman. And he caused the gallows to be made. So y'all remember Queen Esther, she was scared to go into the king because of the law. And he hadn't called her in for like a long time, but she changed her mind and see what happened. So after all, you know, the fasting, the prayer, she went into the king, you know, and she has said, if I perish, I perish, but what happened? the king held out the golden scepter and he was like hey queen what you want <laughs> whatever you want I'll give it to you even up to half the kingdom so he you know what he still had he still had that thing going for him. <laughs> but anyway so she said well king I want to like give this banquet for you and you know what bring Haman along now Haman Already had the big head and everything. It's like he was almost as powerful as the king because he had the king's ring to make those decrees like the one he made to kill all the Jews. Well... Being invited to the banquet that Esther had prepared, or said that she was preparing for the king, he was like, you know what? When he went home talking to his wife and his friends, was like, look at all the great things, look at my position that I have, and on top of all this stuff that I have, the queen hasn't invited me to a banquet with the king, and I'm the only one that she invited. So he thinking it's special, not knowing was really about to go down (laughs) okay but you know what on top of all this all this stuff the greatness that he's proclaimed that has happened to him he still let little old mordecai bother him because when he saw mordecai mordecai still didn't bow to him or reverence him and so he was like this avails me nothing all the things that i got except for this mordecai is still there now you know what that speaks of to me somebody who's real insecure because if you know who you are, and especially if you have a position of power and authority, I don't think one little old somebody going to really like, bother you too much if they're not reverencing you or acknowledging you in the position that you're So I think he had a whole bunch of insecurity going on, and that was a problem with him. Now, when a person is insecure, they'll follow like anybody. Because they ain't no real leaders. They may be in positions of authority, but they ain't no real leaders. They ain't no true leaders. So he listened to his wife, who was like, you know what? Basically, since you're in this position, why don't you build a gallows to hang Mordecai on? Go in and tell the king, because the king already let you do all this other stuff. So surely he'll let you do this. Go ahead and build a gallows. Go in and tell the king you want to have Mordecai hanging on You want to kill him. And then after you do that, after you had this man killed just because he wouldn't bow down for, bow down to you, then you go ahead and go to that banquet with Queen Esther and the king. <laughs> and being the fool he was, and like I said, insecure people would do some crazy stuff, he decided to go ahead and have that gallows built for Mordecai and to do what his wife told him to do, not knowing that he was setting himself up. Oh, yes, he was. Chapter six, on that night could not the king sleep and he commanded to bring the book of records of the chronicles and they were read before the king. And it was found written that Mordecai had told of Bithana and Teresh, two of the king's chamberlains, the keepers of the door who sought to lay hands on King Ahasuerus. And the king said, what honor and dignity has been done to Mordecai for this? Then said the king's servants that ministered to him, there's nothing done for him. The king said, Who's in the court? Now Haman was coming to the outward court of the king's house to speak to the king to hang Mordecai on the gallows that he had prepared for him. And the king's servant said to him, Behold, Haman stands in the court. And the king said, Let him come in. So Haman came in, and the king said to him, What shall be done to the man whom the king delights to honor? Now Haman thought in his heart, To whom would the king delight to do honor more than to myself? And Haman answered the king, For the man whom the king delights to honor, let the royal apparel be brought, which the king uses to wear, and the horse that the king rides upon, and the crown royal, which is set upon his head. And let this apparel and horse be delivered to the hand of one of the king's most noble princes, that they may array the man withal whom the king delights to honor and bring him on horseback through the city of the streets, and proclaim before him, Thus shall it be done to the man whom the king delights to honor. Then the king said to Haman, Make haste, and take the apparel and the horse as you said, and do even so to Mordecai the Jew that sits at the king's gate. Let nothing fail of all that you have spoken then took haman the apparel and the horse and arrayed mordecai and brought him on horseback through the street of the city and proclaimed before him thus shall it be done to the man whom the king delights to honor and mordecai came again to the king's gate but haman hasted to his house mourning and having his head covered and haman told zeresh his wife and all his friends everything that had befallen him then said his wise men and Zeresh's wife to him. If Mordecai be of the seed of the Jews before whom you have begun to fall, you shall not prevail against him, but shall surely fall before him. And while they were yet talking with him, came the king's chamberlains and hasted to bring Haman to the banquet that Esther had prepared. Now God's plans are all up in here, but remember He's never mentioned. However, I don't believe that the king couldn't sleep because it was some natural disturbance that he had or like he had sleep apnea. I believe that the Lord pretty much disturbed his sleep because it says when he woke up, he was like, hey, bring the book of Chronicles and read it to me. But you know what? The section that they read happened to be the section about Mordecai saving his life. I don't, there was no accident here. Nothing is happenstance the way that I see it. So, when he finds out that Mordecai had actually saved his life, he was like, you know, what has been done like for him because of what he did for me. Well, remember in the previous chapter that Haman, listening to his old wife, listening to his old friends, acted the fool and decided to have a gallows built to have Mordecai hanged on. So, he was going to eventually be on his way to Asked the king to have Mordecai hanged,
1: and for what?
0: And so the God that we know and serve, who takes care of his children, intervened by disturbing the king's sleep and having him to wake up to find out that Mordecai had done a great thing for him that he wouldn't even have been there if it wasn't for the intervention of Mordecai. So there's a reason and a purpose for that, but anyway. The king found out that Mordecai had saved his life and he was like what has been done? Found out nothing had been done for him as a reward or anything for that and so he was set on rewarding him but as he was thinking about this Haman was right outside ready to ask him to hang Mordecai (laughs) but little did he know that the king had just found out that Mordecai had saved his life. So the king was like hey let him come on up in here. Now remember he's one of the king's highest officers remember the king gave him his signet ring and he was able to make the declarations using the king's signet ring which is pretty much put it puts him on a level as the king although he's not the king but he's pretty high pretty high up there pretty much so basically haman comes in and before he can even get out the request to have Mordecai hanged on the gallows that he built for him the king pretty much tells him what should be done to the man I delight to honor now Haman remember he got the big head okay his ego is like wow, wild, wild at this point so he totally forgets about what he wanted to do to Mordecai because he's like oh the king want to honor me because who else could he be talking about other than me so he completely forgets about it and the king says well what should be done for the one I want to you know I want to honor so he starts giving him this entire like lavish uh ceremony things that should be done to the man he delights on because he thinks is him so he's going all out and then after he finished talking then the king said okay that's good you that sound good now go do that to Mordecai man was his feelings hurt but he had to go ahead and do it because the king was like don't you let not one thing that you said not be done to him and i bet he was a little bit scared of the king so he went ahead and did it and imagine this the man who you just decided you're gonna ask to be killed the man who you hated who just who just you got like under your skin like your last nerve and now you gotta go under him and praise him in front of all the people child you know he was hurt (laughs) so after he did that they said he ran home like a baby crying uh crying telling his wife and his friends like what happened and his wife was like um you know what um and his friends was like "Mm, yeah you know what if Mordecai be of this, you know, this this seed of the Jews and you done already start falling before him like a punk. It's over with for you. So right before, right before,
1: right before he could even get anything out.
0: Remember, Esther had invited him to the banquet with the king. You know, the day before when he was bragging about it to his wife and to his friends, the chamberlains came in and was like, Oh, come on, Haman, let's go. So he couldn't even get nothing out. It was time for him to go on to the banquet. So let's find out what happened. Chapter 7. So the king and Haman came to banquet with Esther, the queen. And the king said again to Esther on the second day at the banquet of wine, What is your petition, Queen Esther? And it shall be granted you. And what is your request? And it shall be performed even to the half of the kingdom. Then Esther the queen answered and said, If I found favor in your sight, O king, and if it pleased the king, let my life be given me at my petition and my people at my request. For we are sold, I and my people, to be destroyed, to be slain, and to perish. But if we had been sold for bondmen and bondwomen, I'd held my tongue, although the enemy could not countervail the king's damage. Then the king Ahasuerus answered and said to queen Esther, who is he and where is he that does presume in his heart to do so? And Esther said, the adversary and enemy is this wicked Haman. Then Haman was afraid before the king and the queen. And the king arising from the banquet of wine in his wrath went into the palace garden and Haman stood up to make request for his life to Esther, the queen, for he saw that there was evil determined against him by the king. Then the king returned out of the palace garden into the place of the banquet of wine. And Haman was fallen upon the bed whereon Esther was. Then said the king, will he force the queen also before me in the house? As the word went out of the king's mouth, they covered Haman's face. And Harbona, one of the chamberlains, said before the king, behold, also the gallows 50 cubits high, which Haman had made for Mordecai, who had spoken good for the king, stands in the house of Haman. Then the king said, hang him on it. So they hung Haman on the gallows that he had prepared for Mordecai. Then was the king's wrath pacified. Well, well, well. Looks like Zeresh and the friends of Haman was correct. Because they said, if Mordecai be a deceit of the Jews, and you already begun to fall, it's over with for you. (laughs) so we we see yeah yeah it was over with because it said that basically the gallows he had prepared to have mordecai hung on listening to his wife and his friends sometimes that'll get you in trouble listening to the wrong people okay and if you end up doing something because they do you gotta own your decision because the judgment is all on you no matter if you listen to somebody else telling you to do wrong or not you doing evil you're gonna be responsible for that evil that you do now they're gonna be held responsible for whatever they did but don't think that you can blame it on somebody else. And we see he Haman didn't even have no time to blame it on nobody in this particular case. Cause um, after the king came in, was like, I know he ain't trying to like violate my queen. He was like, You know what? And they came in, the chamberlain came in and said, King, the gallows that he built for Mordecai to be hanged on is in his house. And the king was like, Hang him on it. And as we see in verse 10. So they hung Haman on the gallows that he had prepared for Mordecai. Uh, then was the king pacified. Basically, the king was happy. you satisfied. Now, this kind of reminds me of Psalm chapter 57, verse 6. Remember how I told you, although it doesn't mention God, God is all at work up in here. Okay? So, this particular verse reads... They have prepared a net for my steps. My soul is bowed down. They dug a pit before me. They themselves have fallen into the midst of it. Say lie. So it looked like he prepared a whole net for Mordecai to get him caught up in it. And, of course, you remember how uh, Mordecai was upset about what happened when he basically prepared like or decreed a genocide against all of Mordecai's people and he put himself in sackcloth and ashes so that's when Mordecai his soul was bowed down but then look it also says they dug a pit before me so it sounds like to me that that gallows that he had built for Mordecai to be hung on was the pit he prepared he dug for Mordecai but look what it says. In verse 6, at the end, it says they themselves have fallen into the midst of it. So the very same gallows that he built to have Mordecai hung on, baby, baby, he was hung on to himself. So tell me that God's word ain't at work up in here. Chapter 8. On that day did the king Ahasuerus give the house of Haman, the Jew's enemy, to Esther the queen. And Mordecai came before the king, for Esther had told what he was to her. And the king took off his ring, which he had taken from Haman, and gave it to Mordecai. And Esther set Mordecai over the house of Haman. And Esther spoke yet again before the king, and fell down at his feet, and besought him with tears to put away the mischief of Haman the Agagite and his device that he had devised against the Jews. Then the king held out the golden scepter toward Esther. So Esther rose and stood before the king and said, If it pleased the king, and if I found favor in his sight, and the thing seemed right before the king, and I be pleasing in his eyes, let it be written to reverse the letters devised by Haman the son of Hammedatha the Agagite, which he wrote to destroy the Jews which are in all the king's provinces. For how can I endure to see the evil that shall come to my people? Or how can I endure to see the destruction of my kindred? Then the king Ahasuerus said to Esther the queen and to Mordecai the Jew, Behold, I have given Esther the house of Haman, and him they have hanged upon the gallows, because he laid his hands upon the Jews.' Write you also for the Jews, as it likes you, in the king's name, and seal it with the king's ring. For the writing which is written in the king's name, and seal with the king's ring, may no man reverse. Then were the king's scribes called at that time in the third month, that is the month Sivan, on the three and twentieth day thereof, and it was written according to all that Mordecai commanded to the Jews, and to the lieutenants, and the deputies, and rulers of the provinces, which are from India to Ethiopia a hundred twenty and seven provinces to every province according to the writing thereof and to every people after their language and to the Jews according to their writing and according to their language and he wrote in the king Ahasuerus's name and sealed it with the king's ring and sent letters by post on horseback and riders on mules camels and young dromedaries wherein the king granted the Jews which were in every city to gather themselves together and to stand for their life to destroy to slay and to cause to perish all the power of the people and province that would assault them, both little ones and women, and to take the spoil of them for a prey, upon one day in all the provinces of King Ahasuerus, namely upon the thirteenth day of the twelfth month, which is the month of Dar. The copy of the writing for a commandment to be given in every province was published to all people, and that the Jews should be ready against that day to avenge themselves on their enemies. So, the posts that rode upon mules and camels went out, being hastened and pressed on by the king's commandment. And the decree was given at Shushan the palace. And Mordecai went out from the presence of the king in royal apparel of blue and white, and with a great crown of gold, and with a garment of fine linen and purple. And the city of Shushan rejoiced and was glad. The Jews had light, and gladness, and joy. And honor, and in every province and in every city, with this over the king's commandment and his decree came, the Jews had joy and gladness, a feast and a good day, and many of the people of the land became Jews, for the fear of the Jews fell upon them. Still no mention of God, but God is all at work up in here because this particular chapter brings to mind another story in the Bible about Joseph, a young Joseph, Well, his brothers did him wrong. He became a slave, but they really intended to kill him. But then they sold him into slavery. So they meant like some real heavy duty evil against him. But instead of killing they sold him into slavery he became a slave and some other stuff happened to him while he was a slave but then later on they was reunited and actually he was one who was responsible for them being able to survive all because of what they did and that particular scripture where he actually mentions this is in genesis chapter 50 verse 20 where he says as for you you meant evil against me but god Men it for good in order to bring about this present result to keep many people alive. Now, if you look at this particular chapter, Haman had meant some gross evil against Mordecai and all his people, the Jews. So he was an enemy to him. Yeah, there's no mistaking. He meant evil because he wanted them to be killed, even down to the children he ain't have no mercy whatsoever and he sent out this decree that all the people across the land who were part of the kingdom of king ahasuerus could be involved in killing them helping to kill them and take their stuff from them this was evil (laughs) but you see what happened you see what happened how god works things into his plan God turned it all around on him. Unfortunately for him, it didn't end as well as it did for Joseph's brothers. Because Haman was killed. Joseph's brothers weren't. (laughs) But anyway, the good that happened because of the evil that Haman had determined against Mordecai and against all his people, the Jews... God utilized that for good because once he was found out and basically the king had him killed, do you see what happened? His real estate and all his other stuff was transferred to Esther and to Mordecai. Not only that, but Mordecai was given his position. (laughs) Look at that. It's like he was holding the position for Mordecai to step into it. All because it's evil. Now, there's a part in the Bible that does talk about him making your enemies your footstool. This is when, like, David was talking in Psalms. <laughs> but anyway, it's basically like Haman was holding position for Mordecai for him to step right into it. And basically, he could do the same thing that Haman was able to do. He got the king's ring signet to make any decree he wanted to. And basically, he he wasn't able to reverse What Haman did, because as the king said, whenever the king makes a decree and it's sealed, it cannot be changed. But what he did was he made a decree that countervailed or counteracted the decree that Haman made. So basically what Haman had told all the other people they could do to the Jews, Mordecai made a decree that said the Jews could do all that stuff and more to the people that tried to do that to him so if they try to do something it's like kill them all just take just 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 take them out and take their stuff so the jews oh child they could relax they could sigh and they was happy about that because now not only did this decree go out that they could do this but you know once the king found out that esther was one of them you know Mm-mm. can't nobody go against, the, go against the king and if he had the thing for the queen he loved her so because remember he said anything you want up to half of the kingdom so you know he loved her anybody that would come against that eh, you know they wouldn't get no mercy just like what's his name old Haman who was killed hang on the very gallows that he had built for Mordecai so um, I'm just saying it kind of don't make sense to do evil because if you know how God works, um, especially when it comes to his people, um, it's a little bit stupid. <laughs> I'm 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 just saying. Chapter nine. Now in the twelfth month, that is the month of dark, on the thirteenth day of the same, when the king's commandment and his decree drew near to be put in execution in the day that the enemies of the Jews hoped to have power over them, though it was turned to the contrary that the Jews had rule over them that hated them. The Jews gathered themselves together in their cities throughout all the provinces of the king Ahasuerus to lay hand on such assault they heard, and no man could withstand them, for the fear of them fell upon all people. And all the rulers of the provinces and the lieutenants and the deputies and the officers of the king helped the Jews because the fear of Mordecai fell on them. For Mordecai was great in the king's house, and his fame went out throughout all the provinces. For this man Mordecai works greater and greater. Thus the Jews smote all their enemies with the stroke of the sword, and slaughter and destruction, and did what they would to those that hated them. And in Shushan, the palace, the Jews slew and destroyed 500 men. And Parshadanta and Delphon and Aspatha, and Paratha, and Adalia, and Eridatha, and Parmashta and Arizai, and Eridai, and Vajazatha, the ten sons of Haman, the son of Hamadatha, the enemy of the Jews, they killed. But on the spa, they didn't lay their hands. On that day. The number of those that were slain in Shushan the palace was brought before the king and the king said to Esther the queen the Jews have slain and destroyed 500 men in Shushan the palace and the ten sons of Haman what have they done in the rest of the king's provinces now what is your petition and it shall be granted you or what is your request further and it shall be done then said Esther if it please the king Let it be granted to the Jews which are in Shushan to do tomorrow, also according unto this day's decree. And let Haman's ten sons be hanged upon the gallows. And the king commanded it so to be done. And the decree was given at Shushan, and they hung Haman's ten sons. For the Jews that were in Shushan gathered themselves together on the fourteenth day also of the month of Dar, and slew three hundred men at Shushan, but on the prey they didn't lay their hands. But the other Jews that were in the king's provinces gathered themselves together and stood for their lives and had rest from their enemies, and slew of their foes seventy and five thousand, but they laid not their hands on the prey. On the thirteenth day of the month of Dar, and on the fourteenth day of the same, rested they, and made it a day of feasting and gladness. But The Jews that were at Shushan assembled together on the thirteenth day thereof, and on the fourteenth day thereof, and on the fifteenth day, of the same they rested, and made it a day of feasting and gladness. Therefore the Jews of the villages that dwelt in the unwalled towns made the fourteenth day of the month of Dar a day of gladness and feasting, and a good day, and of sending portions one to another. And Mordecai wrote these things, and sent letters to all the Jews that were in all the provinces of the king Ahasuerus, both nigh and far, to establish this among them, that they should keep the fourteenth day of the month Adar and the fifteenth day of the same yearly. As the days wherein the Jews rested from their enemies, and the month which was turned unto them from sorrow to joy, and from mourning into a good day, that they should make them days of feasting and joy, and of sending portions one to another, and gifts to the poor. And the Jews undertook to do as they had begun, and as Mordecai had written to them. Because Haman, the son of Hamadotha the Agagite, the enemy of all the Jews had devised against the Jews to destroy them and had cast pure, that is the lot, to consume them and to destroy them. But when Esther came before the king, he commanded by letters that his wicked device, which he devised against the Jews, should return upon his own head and that he and his son should be hanged on the gallows. Wherefore, they call these days Purim, after the name of Pur. Therefore, for all the words of this letter, and of that which they had seen concerning this matter, and which had come unto them, the Jews ordained, and took upon them, and upon their seat, and upon all such as joined themselves to them. So, as it should not fail, that they would keep these two days according to their writing, and according to their appointed time, every year and that these days should be remembered and kept throughout every generation every family every province and every city and that these days of purim should not fail from among the jews nor the memorial of them perish from their seed then esther the queen the daughter of abihel and mordecai the jew wrote with all authority to confirm this second letter of Purim. And he sent the letters unto all the Jews to the hundred, twenty, and seven provinces of the kingdom of Ahazur, with words of peace and truth, to confirm these days of Purim in their times appointed, according as Mordecai the Jew and Esther the queen had enjoined them, and as they had decreed for themselves and for their seed the matters of the fastings and their cry. And the decree of Esther confirmed these matters of Purim, and it was written, in the book at last you see what i was talking about when i said god's word is at work all up in this book yet his name is never mentioned i think we can see where david who cried out to the lord in Psalm so many times and in a particular psalm psalm 30 to be exact verse 5 he says weeping man do for a night but joy comes in the morning. And remember how the Jews they were so perplexed all across the kingdom because of the decree that went forth that said that they would be destroyed, that the people had the power to destroy them, take their stuff, all anything they want to do to them. They was weeping, they was in mourning, including Mordecai, who put himself in sackcloth and ashes because of what happened. But now you see them and they have nothing but joy. now that it's all been turned around for them and the people that thought, you know, they was going to be killing them. Well, everything was re- not really reversed, but now it was turned on them. Like, if you want to do something to us, well, we going to do something to you. <laughs> so, you know what? Now they weren't weeping anymore. No, they was in a place of joy. And if we look at Genesis chapter 12 verse 3, God tells Abraham, I'll bless you and make your name great and you will be a blessing and I'll bless those who bless you and the one who curses you, I'll curse. And we see what happened to Haman. Uh, We see what happened to him, not only him, but his 10 sons. And basically, he was cursing them when he decided he want to destroy all the people and set this decree out. Oh, yeah, he sent out a curse. And as it says here in God's word, he says, the one who curses you, I'll curse. So you best believe all the other people in the kingdom, the king's officers. (laughs) They was like, wait a minute. The queen is one of them, too and the king favors all these people and he done put this man in this position here you see how how he was blessed how mordecai was blessed he said that i'll make your name great i'll bless you so god blessed mordecai and he made his name great so that it wasn't nobody who wasn't gonna know who mordecai was you know after this And so he blessed them and he said, I'll bless those who bless you. So all those who was thinking about doing something to them, just about all of them, they decided to have a change of tune and was like, "Mm we're going to be on that side. As a matter of fact, they turned and helped the Jews against anybody that tried to do anything against them. So for them, just as God's word says, I'll bless those who bless you. So guaranteed. If they turned to help the Jews against anybody that came against them, they was going to be blessed. Just like we saw Haman, who was cursed by God because he cursed his people. And if you want to look at another story that kind of parallels this, which also has to do with his people in Exodus. Remember when the Israelites were enslaved by the Egyptians and they did let God's people go when they cried out. However, they changed their mind and decided to go back after them again. And when the Red Sea parted, they was like, let us go through here. But God was like, eh, eh, "Uh, uh, none of that, none of that, none of that. So they meant harm against his people. So he let the waters come down and mm, they was finished. <laughs> but God did all that he did to the Egyptians when he brought the plagues upon them and drowned them in the Red Sea, all to bring about the fear and dread of his people. Among all those people that were inhabiting the territories that God has said, this going to be your land. He wanted the fear and dread of them to be upon them, which it happened. And so as we look here, the same thing happened with Mordecai and the Jews in the kingdom. Because this was a vast kingdom now. And this decree that went out, went out towards all the Jews across the kingdom that were going to be destroyed. But when God turned it around and they saw what happened to Haman and they saw how queen Esther was one of them and he loved the queen and everything changed for them in their favor. Hmm. The fear and dread came upon all those people in the kingdom. And they was like, you know what? Um, we, don't, we don't want the same fate as Haman. So we better, Uh. we better get on their side because <laughs> the fear and dread of the Jews was upon them just like it was with the Israelites and the Egyptians. And if you don't know the Israelites the Jews. Same thing. The names just kind of changed throughout you know, the Bible. But they the same people. God's chosen people. But anyway. Again you see. God's word is at work. But still. He's not mentioned. Mm-mm. Just because he's not mentioned. Don't mean God ain't at work. And it don't mean that he don't exist. Chapter 10. And the king of Hazurus laid a tribute upon the land and upon the isles of the sea, and all the acts of his power and of his might and the declaration of the greatness of Mordecai, whereunto the king advanced him. Aren't they written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Medea and Persia? For Mordecai the Jew was next to the king of Hazurus and great among the Jews, and accepted of the multitude of his brothers, seeking the wealth of his people and speaking peace to all his seed. So you see how God was at work in this entire book, although his name was never mentioned. And you see how Mordecai was exalted It said that he was next to the king. He was great among the Jews and accepted of the multitude of his brothers, seeking the wealth of his people and speaking peace to all his seed. Just like Genesis chapter 12, verse 3 says, when God is speaking to Abraham, he says, I'll bless you and make your name great. You shall be a blessing. That's exactly what happened to Mordecai. And even though Mordecai suffered because of Haman, Haman, who was a, upset with him all because he wouldn't bow down to him and reverence him but not only that but he decides that he's gonna try to kill this man for not only kill him but his entire people now that was crazy but Mordecai was suffering because of that too because he knew that Haman was only wanting to kill his people because of him so that's why he put himself in sackcloth and ashes and was like, oh, my goodness, like my people are going to suffer because of me. But you see how God turns things around and you can see how Genesis fifty twenty, when Joseph is talking to his brothers, when they think that Joseph is going to try to seek revenge on them. And he says, as for you, you meant evil against me. But God meant it for good in order to bring about this present result to keep many people alive. And so Mordecai can say, just like Joseph said, Yeah, Haman, you meant evil against me and you meant it against my people. But God allowed you to do what you did because He knew what He was going to do. It worked perfectly into His plans, into God's plans, because God meant it for good in order that many people would be saved alive. Because, like I told you. I think it was a little bit more going on with Haman than just him being upset with Mordecai, because remember, he's a descendant of the king of Agag, Agag, who was over the Amalekites who God told King Saul to destroy because of their wickedness and evil towards his people back then. But King Saul didn't destroy him. However, prophet samuel did but who knows some little agagites or little agags must have got got loose (laughs) it must have escaped because it says that haman's father was an agagite so that meant that he was an agagite a descendant from king agag and from the Amalekites. that's what i'm thinking and so perhaps there was some kind of seed or something like that in his bloodline or like some kind of deep-seated hatred or something that came down there and, and just fuel that hatred that he had towards Mordecai to want to destroy the entire people. So I'm thinking that there had to be a little bit more going on there, but e- either way, it don't even matter. He meant evil towards Mordecai and his people, but God worked it all into his plan. And just because you can't see God at work, yourself don't mean he ain't at work and just because you don't see him don't mean he don't exist no god is always god is always aware of what's going on and when it comes to his people best believe he gonna protect them okay so we see this all up in this story and we see in the end how mordecai who suffered he made his name great and he was a blessing to his people not only his people but to that kingdom and to the king Because he helped save the king alive, as we remember we read before. With this book of Esther, we see that anything is possible with God. Nothing is impossible to him. Even though his name is not mentioned in this entire book, we see his word at work. We see God evident in everything that happened here. Now, when you take a look at Queen Esther, before she was even Queen Esther, she was just an orphan, basically. Both her parents had died and her uncle took her in. She had no idea in her wildest dreams that she would become queen of a nation where her people were scattered to. But she did. She became queen because of somebody else's mess up. Okay, so anything is possible with God. Don't think that anything is impossible to him. All things are possible with God because that was who she served, although he was not mentioned once in this book. He was the one that she served. And plus, she kept who she was secret because her uncle said, don't tell nobody. But at the perfect timing, at the appropriate time, she had to reveal it. And remember, she was a little bit scared. She was a little bit scared about it. But she had to do it because her people were threatened. And although she was scared, her uncle let her know, Yeah, you may be in a position that you're in and you may think that you may escape, but best believe God ain't sleep. God is still God. You may think you're going to escape, but you ain't. As a matter of fact, you'll be taken out for not standing up for the people. But God will raise up another deliverer. And even though she was afraid and fear plagues us, Fear plagues us so much. That's what Satan, one of his main tools that he uses to get us to sin against God, to go against God, is fear. So many people are afraid to die. So many people are fearful of so many things that the enemy threatens to do. She herself queen esther even though she was the queen was still afraid that she would be killed because she was like i can't go before him he hasn't called me in front of him even though her entire people were on the line she was still afraid for her life not thinking about an entire group of people but she got the courage up remembering her god Of course, through some cohesion of her uncle. (laughs) And she decided, you know what? I trust God. I'm going to go before the king. And if I perish, if he kills me, then I just die. But I got to do this. So she was able to be brave enough to go before the king, even with her life being on the line. And that's what we got to do. We got to be able to do what it is that God has blessed and equipped us to do. For her, at that moment, she was queen and she could make a difference for the entire group of people. Her entire people, by her going before the king in that moment, her position meant a whole lot for the authority that she had, whether she died or not. And so we, too, have to be like Queen Esther because there are times when things may come against us. It was her life on the line and her people's lives on the line. And the fear was great. She could have went before the king and he could have killed her because he hadn't called her before him, which was the law then. But she decided to put that aside. and was like, if I die, then I die. But I got to go do this. So even for us, we can't let fear stop us. That's what Satan would do. Yes, she could have sat back and been quiet like I'm the queen. You told me not to tell nobody. She had not told nobody that she was a Jew. And thinking that she wouldn't have been found out, but her uncle said, oh, you'll be found out and it's not going to end well for you. So for us, we can't let any of Satan's tactics, anything that he does to try to keep us in fear from trusting in our God. And that's what it came down to, trusting in her God. Who did she trust? And she chose to trust God. So we see her rise from an orphan where her both her parents were killed. She's taken care of by her uncle. She becomes queen. And then she's in a position at a certain time where she had the authority to decide what would happen to her people. Although her life was on the line because there may be a price to pay for a standing up for what is right. What is right in God's eyes. What is right to God and that's what she was facing but she stood up and you see what happened god stood up for her and her people and not only that but we see mordecai as well who refused he refused to bow down to haman as if he was a god he was like Mm-mm, uh-uh, the only one i'm bound down to is my god so he didn't even like flinch Like, oh, I'm scared of you. You might be the highest officer. No, he was like, I'm not bowing down. And even though he meant evil towards him, the thing that kind of got him was when he decided he was going to go after his own people. But that he still didn't let that move. He still went like, I'm bowing down. I'm not finna bow down or grovel to you. He knew who to go to, the one who he served, the one who he did bow down to, who was God, and got his niece to do the same. So he stayed with God. He stood with God, even though he was suffering because of what was going to happen to his people on account of him and not as much on account of him. But Haman's ego, which was bothered by what Mordecai had done, but he chose to stick with God, to stand with God. And guess what? God stood with him. So we, too can be like Mordecai and stand with God. And just like God told his people, if you do what the angel tells you to do, because the angel wasn't going to tell the people to do something that God didn't want them to do. He said, I'll, I'll, I'll become an enemy to your enemies. I'll become an adversary to your adversaries. God also said in his word, I'll bless you. I'll make your name great. There's so many things God said throughout his word, but we can see them all at play here with Mordecai. He blessed him and made his name great. All the people in the kingdom, oh, let believe they knew who all the Jews was by that time, even though they were scattered and they kind of referred to them as the as a people, but they knew who they were. And the fear and dread came upon all the people in the land from the Jews and they knew who Mordecai was. His name became great. And not only did he save his life, Queen Esther's life, but his entire people. So he was able to bless the lives of his people, not counting the people who decided to side with them. Because they were like, hey, you know what? We finna help them out. So those people were going to be blessed because they chose to help God's people out. Because God said, I'll bless those who bless you while I'll curse those who curse you. And we see what happened. When people go against God's people, which Haman did. And not only was Haman affected by his wicked evil deeds, but he got his 10 sons killed. So we see what the association to those who are doing wicked can do to us or those who follow those who are doing wickedness. Even if they didn't do the thing themselves by them following them or being associated with them it could bring judgment upon them too, just like it did for his 10 sons because his 10 sons were hanged just like he was hanged for his wickedness. But it didn't really say that his 10 sons did anything to Mordecai and the people, but who knows, maybe it just wouldn't mention that. But anyway, by association, that's what the book of Esther is showing that his 10 sons was killed too. So you might want to be careful when you are associating yourself with certain people and you know, they're doing evil and you know that it's against God. You might want to distance yourself from them. Okay. I'm i am just saying, I'm just saying, and if you are associated with them and you don't want to distance yourself, you might want to be on the side of the people that they coming against and tell them the right thing to do. Cause maybe God will look at that and Give favor towards you because you told them to do the right thing, even though they may choose to do something else. But I'm just saying association sometimes can get us in trouble, but it can also get us blessed. As it says, God said he'll bless those who bless his children while he curses those who curse them. And you know what? There's a song that was actually written that goes along with this book here and it goes something like this.
1: One night with the king changes everything. One day in his course will forever change your course. One moment in his presence and you'll never be the same one night with the king changes everything from the desert to the king it has been your destiny to be chosen for such a time as this did you know that all your dreams could become realities when you see his face and his love captures you one night with the king oh it changes everything One day in its courts will forever change your course O oh, one moment in his presence and you'll never be the same. One night with the king It changes everything But don't just
0: take my word for it. I encourage you to do your own study, pray, and read the Bible so you can know that you know that you know. If you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior in order to receive eternal salvation, but would like to, according to Romans chapter 10, verse 9, all you have to do is confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. Want a little help with that? Repeat this simple prayer after me. Lord God, forgive me for my sins. I believe Jesus died for my sins. And rose again so that I may have eternal life in you. So I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Amen. It's as simple as that. Now you're part of the family of God. Wherever you are, find a local church or a group of believers that can help and support you on your new journey in your new life in Christ Jesus. Many blessings to you as you walk in who God created you to be, doing what he blessed and equipped you to do. You are God's child. Want to bless or show support for God the Bible and spiritual things explained? Well, you're welcome to send a financial gift to Cash App using cash tag G-T-B-S-T-E. You're also invited to pick up a little inspired merch from our store at Zazzle.com forward slash store forward slash G. T-B-S-T-E. Oh, and don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast with other listeners. Thank you in advance and God bless you as he blesses those who bless his children. Catch you another time, another day, another episode for God the Bible and Spiritual Things Explained.